Welcome to the eLaborate Topics Podcast, where we focus on lab-specific strategies for medical laboratory professionals. We're proud to be the healthcare detectives that work behind the scenes to get the results needed to influence medical decisions. Let's grow together and jump right into the lab. Well, hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Elaborate Topics podcast. Uh, today, we have a roundtable for you guys. So I'm joined by our co-host, Lona Small. Hi, Lona. Hi, everybody. And also, Tywana Wilson. Hello, hello, everybody. And I am Stephanie Whitehead. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, our podcast, the Elaborate Topics podcast, is a weekly show where myself or Taiwana or Lona or all of us together bring you weekly topics related to the laboratory and leadership to help you excel inside and outside the laboratory. So do us a favor. Be sure to share this episode and check out our previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform or on LabVine's LabStream. We're on LabVine now. We're happy to be collaborating partners with them. So check us out on any of those other uh, platforms. Today, we're really excited because we've got a relevant topic for you all that you might not have thought you needed. It's almost like having an Apple Watch or, uh, you know, some other electronic. When you get it, you spend all that money and then you didn't even know you needed it. So today's topic is about project management. We're going to be telling you how to move from an idea to really the execution of an entire project. And really why this is so relevant to us is, you know, when we all started out in medical laboratory school and went deep into our programs and we started to learn how to become great bench techs, we learned all about microbiology and why we couldn't run certain hematology tests on hemolyzed samples and the list goes on. Um, and over time, we all became better techs and gained more experience and some of us were given more responsibility. And sometimes that was an official capacity. You got promoted to a supervisor or a manager, or some of us were just voluntold to head special projects. Uh, in any regard, uh, in getting our MLS degrees, a lot of times uh, those programs or those uh, classes didn't really touch on some of the things that we have to deal with when we are actually operating in the industry lab. So what happens when you find yourself promoted to these new positions and you've got to validate a new instrument or you've got new instruments and you've got to do a series of carryover studies or you've got to transition to a new LIS system or if you're in my boat right now, you might be uh, planning to build an entirely new laboratory. And like I said, a lot of the components of the courses that we take to become a medical laboratory scientist don't encompass all of the things we need to complete and organize the task to be successful in these projects. And that's where combining some of the things from a business aspect with our clinical laboratory skills come in handy. So before I get into exactly what project management is, I want to quickly define what a project is. And so I just did a quick Google search of the definition of a project just to give you guys a clear overview of what we're talking about. And Google says a project is defined as a unique and temporary endeavor that is defined with a, a, a definite beginning and end. And the main purpose of a project is to create a specific project 
a specific product, excuse me, or service, or make changes to a specific product or service. So when you think about that in terms of the laboratory world, a project could be anything. That could be as simple as completing, you know, a new maintenance uh, rotation on an instrument or something, as like I said before, complex as building a brand new laboratory. And project management, what that does is that gives us the appropriate knowledge and skills and tools that we need to carry our projects from beginning to end within budget, making sure that we are not scrambling at the last minute, making sure that we are getting the most value out of our teams that are helping and making sure that we are eliminating any waste along the, along the duration of this project. And by waste, I can mean people's time. I could mean the budget that we have for this project. That could mean um, anything, the reagents that we're using for this project. It's really important, especially now um, that many hospitals and health systems are very crunched for finances and in the laboratory, we're so short staffed that we manage our processes and our projects correctly because a mismanaged project can lead to extra time, overtime, and more frustration because you're in that limbo period with the project kind of lingering and the deadline kind of being extended. So when we understand the fundamentals of how to effectively manage any project that we have going on in the lab, um, it could, like I said, help mitigate some of these risks, keep us in budget, keep our timelines going and continue to help us be efficient. And so that's just a basic overview. Like I said, um, I could think of 10 projects that we have going on in our lab right now, all simultaneously, um, some as big as renovations and building new laboratories and some as small as moving instrumentation around but you need to be able to effectively plan for your staffing on these days um, what impact it's going to have to your customers um, if you're taking down an instrument will you need to um, send that testing out for a period of time and who do you need to communicate that to and what will that time frame be um, and how are you going to plan to do that and making sure that when you bring it back up you can revalidate like i said a lot of times we have the technical skills to do things but understanding some of these project management knowledge knowledge applications help us to be more efficient in using those technical skills. So today, as we briefly go over um, some of the high-level overview basics of project management, we are really lucky because one of our co-hosts has her PMP, and she is a project manager. And so I'm going to let Lona get into her part of this discussion, and she's going to get really detailed into uh, what is project management and how you can use that in your lab. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Yes, I am a project manager. And it, the funny thing about it, I've used it a lot, mostly in process improvement. And um, for me, I did a lot of projects when it came to process improvement and a lot of concurrent projects. And I thought, having a project management training would be helpful. But project management um, can be used in so many areas of the lab. Like um, Stephanie was talking about, um, when you're getting new automation, you may be putting in um, a whole new LIS or anything um, in terms of a project, any kind of new processes, 
any kind of new product that you have to work on from the beginning to the end. And for an established um, standardized um, phase for project management, you have different phases of that um, whole workflow when you're actually creating a new product or putting in a new process. And these different phases kind of help you to do not to miss anything so that the whole goal of a project is to make sure that you're doing it within the time that you plan to do it and within the budget that you have. So if you set up, set aside a certain amount of money um, and you set aside a certain amount of time, if as a project manager, they can actually calculate the actual, the best time with the money that you can use. And there are certain phases that we use to ensure that this project is done, like Stephanie is saying, without waste, without wasting money, without wasting time, without wasting resources. So for a project, I'm gonna go through the different phases that's important to have an effective or efficient project. And the first phase of the project is the initiation phase. And this phase is more the big high level planning where you're thinking more of, is this really something that we need? Is this something that is gonna probably be approved based on the business case? So for the initiation, you're more thinking about how relevant is this project to either the lab? So you're actually establishing a business case and you're looking at the big scope. So you're looking at like the goal of the project and you're gonna look at a, a, a charter, which is so important in any project management. That is really what you're gonna use to kind of initiate that project. So in that charter, you're gonna um, define a lot of different things like the stakeholders, people who are really relevant to that project. So you're going to have your stakeholders. So say, for instance, in the lab, you're you're going to um, you're thinking of a whole new automation. That's kind of a major, a big project. So you have to put in maybe a capital request from finance. And so there's a lot of different things that you would have to fill out a form depending on your organization to establish that business case when it comes to cost and, and um, the importance to the lab. So for instance, if it's auto automation that you're replacing an old instrument and you're gonna prove the, your business case in terms of throughput and um, maybe better quality re results or whatever it is, you're usually filling out a questionnaire to request that. So that's the initiation part of it. But then once that's done, you have to look at the planning phase. And that's where a lot of detail comes in, where you're actually having that detailed project for the people that are going to be involved in the communication. You're more detail about your goals and what are the, the deliverables. So if you're working with a vendor, you want to know what are some of the things that are going to be um, 
when we think of the deliverables are you can think of deliverables based on timeline for this for the planning you're thinking maybe we're going to do these in phases or are we going to do it concurrently are we going to put everything in if you're thinking i'm thinking of a recent project that we just did where we replaced all of our lines and we had an additional line and so we had to think about downtime so are we going to replace everything at the same time or are we going to do it in phases where this piece will go in while while our old piece so before we had our storage unit that was still um running or that sometimes one phase we took out all the lines and we had to do some manual work so we had to do a lot of planning to decide on how we're going to work things out in terms of phases what comes before what what has what would have to go before the other because you in project uh, management there are certain things that you have to actually define that this goes before this this depend on this so you're actually sitting down and coming up with a very clear plan and then you're looking at your budget and the baseline for your budget like what's the maximum we can spend on this you're looking at roles and responsibilities who are responsible to do different parts of the project. So the planning phase is very detailed, is a lot of work, but that phase is so important in any project. Um, I know for some labs, um, and, and, and even for my lab, which is a very big lab, we do a lot of major um, projects and we get a lot of people involved. We have the vendors involved, we have finance involved, we have, the technical directors involved, we have the supervisors involved in the full planning of the project. So you're looking at timeline, you're looking at cost, you're looking at layout, you're looking at scope. And scope would be, um, basically, we don't want to go over, say, if you're working on a certain project, which is just, um, we're just replacing the chemistry analyzer. You don't want in the middle of the project to say, you know what, maybe we should add this over in hematology or we, now you're moving outside of the scope that you plan. So you want to remain in that scope, whatever you plan, that's whatever you plan to do, that's where you want to remain. So all this planning is a lot. So it's involved the stakeholders who are involved, the timeline, the cost, the layout, the scope, all of that happens during planning. Now with the execution, that's the third phase, that's the actual work. That's where you're actually doing the work. So during that time, you're actually allocating work to different individuals. And you talk about resources, resources could be human resources, it could be some of the supplies that you need but you're allocating the different resources that maybe it could be um, it could be money, it could be supplies. So all of those have to be de designated. Um, you wanna manage these resources during the execution because that's actually doing the work. And that's where you're building, whether it's gonna be your new um, LIS, 
whether it's going to be your new um, automation, whatever it is, but that's when you're building it. And during that time, it's so important to set up meetings because when you're setting up your different timelines for different phases of your project, you want to make sure that if anything went wrong, it's being reported at that time. And it can be fixed before it gets out of scope. Because the goal of a project is to make sure that when everything is done, it's within budget and it's within the time. So you don't want things out of scope. So you're meeting on a regular basis to make sure that if there's anything that didn't work, if you're short when it comes to resources, you're replacing that, you're substituting and you want fixing any challenges during that time. And then at, even while you're, their next phase is monitor and control, but that does happen during execution. A lot of times there, it happened concurrently because in monitoring, you're ensuring that the goals that you set are being met. And um, anything that works, because there are different phase of deliverables. So if say, for instance, um, you're doing an IT project and they decided that they're gonna put in certain um, hardware by a certain time, you wanna make sure that that's done. So you're monitoring the time for things that needs to be the different deliverables. If you're putting an automation, you're monitoring the time to make sure that this was the, the deliverable happened at the time that it was. And if there's any challenges, all of those are being monitored. And the control is making the adjustments. So during that time, you're monitoring and control. So you have different tracking measures that are in place. So you're tracking the amount of work that take place. You're tracking the cost to make sure it's not over budget. So you're literally just monitoring the pro the process, the the project itself to make sure that it's you know going according to plan. And 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 you're making sure that it's adhering to anything. And you want to make sure you're if you see that there's going to be a challenge ahead of time because of monitoring, you can actually stop that at that point. So this is so important um, when it comes to the budget, with, um, monitoring on, and control. And then the last phase is the closing. So when everything is done and everything is delivered, that's the closing phase after that. So that's that final phase when there's a handover of the project, you have contracts that's terminated, all the paperwork that's done. You're looking at, it, was the project successful? Was Were there any failures? So it's kind of a whole learning experience also. So yes, there's a handover, there's a review, and um, you're looking to make sure that did we get the results that we planned for? Did we meet the goals that we have? And whatever um, learning that you had from the project, that's where you're documenting and learning from there for the next project that you're going to do. And I know for labs to actually utilize these um, 
you may have to have an expert who have some kind of experience in project management, either to help you along until you get, um, you know, until you can do this on your own. Or I would um, recommend for any lab that want to have a project manager to send one of your own to for training. Because, you know, I was having a quick discussion with um, Stephanie before this podcast. And it's good to have your own med techs that's doing it because they know, they know what's going on in your lab. And I know for my um, organization, we utilize a lot of times the contracts that we have, have a project manager that comes with it. But it's usually really good to have one of your own um, technologists that have training in project management or send them for training in project management. So if you want to say establish a project management system in your lab, I would say maybe look for someone who's who's who love to work on projects. I know for my organization we have very informal project managers who just love to do projects and then send those maybe one of them um, for training and use them whenever you're doing any project, whether it's a small project or a large project. I utilize my project management in a lot of process improvement projects because that's my area of um, expertise and that's my area of maybe I should say love. But if you have anyone who love to work on projects when it comes to LIS, uh, when it comes to automation or any major in, um, in infrastructure project, I think that is a great opportunity to send them to do training in project management. And so you don't have to worry about waste, wasting money, wasting time, and you have a more efficient project that's delivered on time, especially now we can't afford to waste money. So that's what I would say when it comes to establish a project management in their lab. Um, ladies, um, do you have anything um, that you'd want to add where that is concerned? I think you make some great points, Lona. The only thing that I can think about is some methods for tracking your project. So those regular status meetings, status reports, hands-on observations, and recording data manually or electronically when you're generating your report. So for example, the spending to date versus budget versus total budget is one way. And then I thought about uh, tools. So actual visual scheduling tools can help record project progress, uh, for example, and it helps to uh, communicate with your team. So as tasks are completed, they can be crossed off I usually see the Gantt charts a lot or network diagrams, at least in the projects that I've been involved in. If new resources need to be added, they can be added to the network diagram boxes. If tasks need to be rescheduled, they can be moved around on the network diagram. And then if there are any risk accomplishments and lessons learned can also be posted next to some of the tasks. So those were some of the things that I thought about. And then I did think about this too with the status reports. Uh, they should contain the following items. So as we are being, uh, being prepared, being detailed, uh, 
the team members' names, the status report dates, task plan for the previous week, task completed in the previous week, task plan for the following week, and then issues and risk identified. So like you mentioned, a lot of times when you have these big projects, you'll have the vendors and they will have a project manager. And I know for chemistry, for us, our vendor has been awesome about having a project manager. But what we also have done is had a lab project manager included as well. And our particular project manager is she sits in IT, so she's under the bucket of all things IT, which is great because she's always thinking about the different systems. We are integrated healthcare system, and we have a few different LISs that goes throughout our laboratories. And so it's helpful to have her thoughts, and she's able to parallel my chemistry projects with what might be happening in histology, what might be happening in microbiology, what's happening in hematology. So that way, if there's any risk, not just from the, the chemistry standpoint, but also looking at, okay, we're having an upgrade with our LIS. Here's if this project goes an extra week, that's going to have an impact on that LIS upgrade, or that's going to have an impact on the microbiology upgrade. So I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Lona, that it's, it's very important to have that lab project manager in parallel with whatever vendor you might have. And preferably if that person has an overview of all of the upcoming projects that might be going on. Stephanie, you got any thoughts about that? And then I want to talk about uh, project management certification, but I'll let you chime in. Um, can you guys hear me still? Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's really great. Um, Taiwana, what you're saying, I always love to hear what other laboratories are doing and how they're uh, integrating things probably and possibly most likely different than we are because it always gives me ideas to continue to figure out how we can continue to improve our processes. Um, but what I would say mostly is, you know, understand your laboratory's workflow and then understand who would be the best stakeholders to involve in that project. And when you think about who is a stakeholder, think about who is going to be impacted for this project. And a real easy way that I do this is if we move forward with this project without telling this person who would has the potential to be impacted, um, disrupted, and upset. And so if we're moving forward with a chemistry project, and like Taiwan said, we completely leave out our LIS team, will they be happy or not? And if the if there's a possibility not, then most likely they're a stakeholder. So it's a very uh, easy um, decision tree on trying to figure out who are the stakeholders in your laboratory and who should be involved when you're talking about these projects. I love what Lona said about not letting the scope get away from you, because it is, it is very easy to, when you start looking at, you know, implementing a track uh, on your chemistry analyzer, and then it'd be great if we could move these desks and processing. And then once you move the desk and processing, well, it would be great if we could add some more workstations here. And before then, you got, you know, a whole laboratory renovation, you know. Um, and so 
there's uh it's very easy to get into scope creep so you know dividing your uh, projects up into phases if needed but definitely try to keep it narrowed down to the scope a manageable scope that you can set a beginning and end date to and if you have to start another project immediate ap- immediately after that then that's fine but uh, you definitely want to avoid scope creep Absolutely. What Taiwana said about the tools, um, there's so many tools out there that you can choose from, and um, those are really, really helpful, especially for people who don't have full training in project management. The tools are already set up, and it kind of walk you through different things to track and to monitor, so it actually helps you without you have to have a lot of training in project management, so you could actually use those tools. So that was really important, Taiwana. Yeah, and one of the things people might be, you know, listening to this podcast and they could be thinking, so do I need any certifications or do I have to have it or is it just experience? And there are some certifications that you can get that are leaders in this industry of project management. And so the Project Management Institute is a global association for project management. It's been around since the 60s and really has been at the forefront of working with businesses to create project management standards and techniques that work. There are two popular ones I would say that lab people tend to get the most common would be the PMP or the Project Management Professional Certification. That one is the leading project management uh, certification. And it's really for people who already have some experience managing projects and want to level up their careers. So if you have found that you've worked on projects at work and you find that you want to learn more about it, of course, there's uh, requirements in, to, in order to be able to fit for the certification. but that would be one that you might want to consider. And then there's the Certified Associate in Project Management, the CAPM, and it's geared toward people who hope to manage projects, take on more responsibility, or add project management skills to their resumes. And this one would be good for those that's just getting started with project management who are looking to grow their experience and expertise in the field. The more common is the PMP, but they also had that that certified associate in project management. Now, there are tons of other certifications that the Project Management Institute have, and there are other organizations that offer certifications as well, but PMI or Project Management Institute tend to be the, the popular one, similar to with our certification, how most of us uh, have ASCP, but there are other vendors uh, such as the American uh, Medical AMT is uh, one that people still get, and, and there's other certifications, but ASCP in our industry tends to be the most common, similar in this scope. Anybody else got any other closing remarks or anything around the project management. I know we have given a lot of information for the listeners to digest, but is there any closing takeaways? And Lona, have you felt the certification has been beneficial in your journey? It has been more for the knowledge. Um, 
if you, I think for people who are trying to grow and move away out of the lab, it may be a challenge if you want to stay in the lab and benefit from just that certification. So I think that it depends on the goal of your certification. A lot of times for people taking a PMP certification, sometimes end up moving outside of their scope of work maybe moving into industry or other areas because um, in terms of the money that it, um, having that certification really kind of demand, you, I suppose the, the cost is expensive and people want to get more money and you don't get that kind of money in the lab unless you're moving out, out of like into the industry. So for me, it was more for, um, using it in the process improvement and process improvement consulting realm. So it depends on, on the individuals. If you want to go into industry or you want to move up in the hospital as, as a project manager or move into IT as a project manager, then that's um, when you're thinking of um, reimbursement, then that will be worth it. That makes total sense. It's always good to start with the end in mind. So with any certifications, especially in the project management realm or any area listeners as you are going throughout your career, see if it makes sense for what you're trying to accomplish. And understanding that just because you get the certification doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be a financial gain for you as well. So I think that was a great point that you mentioned, Lona, to, to make sure that they figure out their goal for getting the certification and if it makes sense. All right. Well, hopefully, listeners, you have been able to gain tremendous insight into project management. We have given you just a little bit of the scope of project management. So you can do some more research. You can definitely reach out. Lona is our guru. In, in regards to the project management landscape, if you want to learn some more information, or you can go on the Project Management Institute's website and get some additional information as well. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Elaborate Topics, where we brought you some awesome tips around project management. Please be sure to share this episode out with anybody who could benefit from this topic, whether they are inside or outside of the laboratory. Tune in next week where we will have another awesome show. And until next time, my friends, I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Elaborate Topics where your hosts discussed relevant strategies for laboratory professionals. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and listen to us on directimpactbroadcasting.com. Stay tuned for another episode with information you can use to excel in your laboratory career.